so strange but appealing. Welcome to the Bump Shop Diaries. Join us, perhaps you may want to listen to a Bump Shop story. Grease glanced up and down the dark street. Seeing nothing, he switched off the throbbing 80-incher. Even in the darkness, the big bike's chrome sparkled, maybe reflecting from the few faint stars. If Grease didn't respect anything or anyone in the world, he respected or worshipped up is a better word, his bike that had been carefully stolen piece by piece and carefully assembled piece by piece all by his own hand. Lights off, he coasted into the alleyway and came to a stop beside a dark old garage. He backed the long bike into the shadows between a tree and the barn. He left the key in the switch, patted his baby, and whispered, If I gotta get out of here fast, you fucking well better start on two kicks. Grease knew his Harley would understand, would respond to his intimidating love. It had a Harley soul, which was as near to an awareness of religion as Grease had ever got. He slunk up to another, even darker barn with huge locks on the front doors and a sign was roughly painted in blood red on the side door. Keep the fuck out of here, the righteous fuckers. And there was a skull and crossbones. Standing quietly in the dark, Grease reflected on the out-of-sight pair of brand-new disc mag Harley wheels sitting inside among the tools and the bikes of various stages of assembly. Two new wheels ready to go on that fucker, Monk's bike. Monk was the president of the Righteous Fuckers. The smart asshole thought Grease, remembering the year-long hassle he had getting the patch, the shit he had to put up with, the oath to obey the club's one rule, fuck anybody else but don't fuck another biker. In Grease's mind, bikers were the only people to fuck. Who else but bikers had the bike parts he had to have? Fuck them in the ass. The wheels belong to whoever has them. He knew what had to happen to a patch holder in the past who'd been caught taking parts from the club barn. The crazy turds beat the fucker three different times, each time sending him back to the hospital. He finally split for parts unknown. The club was out at Run's End partying to celebrate the end of the helmet law in the state. The party would last days, maybe weeks. Grease had put in an excuse, something like he was dying of the Hong Kong crank itch he'd gotten from an old whore on the Mexico run. He unlocked the door, opened it, his plan, dropped the wheels and the two gunny sacks he had, tie them up and loop them over his sissy bar and split. He'd get them on his bike after he'd got them gold-plated and he already had acquired the gold. Inside, he quickly pried and screwed out the hinges, bent them out of shape. Then he put the locks back on and left the door sagging open. He got the wheels, slunk back to his bike, looped the prize over the bar. He patted his silent Harley. You motherfucking bitch. I'll send you to the special hell where Hondas go if you don't start by number two. The Harley knew when he really meant a threat and when he was just blowing hot air. Switch on, he reared up to kick it over. He heard a sound and looked up. Freeze, Grease! It was the fucking bastard monk and someone was with him. What the fuck you got there, Grease? 
He kicked down hard and his baby blasted off. He grinned even in his predicament. A real Harley heaven for you, baby. He kicked in low, let go the clutch just as the big hand grabbed his greasy leather vest. The vest was so greasy that the hand slipped off as he wound it out, throwing alley debris with the spinning rear wheel into the faces of Monk and the other dude. At the end of the alley, the long bike turned into the street like it was hinged in the middle and ran on rails. He twisted the throttle all the way, lifting the front wheel. He'd have to split for good, he knew, or he'd be dead. He headed for the superhighway turnoff. He looked back and saw two lights side by side. A car or two bikes. Ahead a half mile was the highway turning. He flicked on his lights and prepared to slow down to 80 for the 25 mile an hour curve. Over the blast of his own bike, he heard the roar back of him. He held it at 90, hoping no fucking four-wheelers were on that highway. Then he saw a bouncing light on the road beside him. Those fuckers must be doing 110, and he twisted his own throttle and leaned into the turn on the inside, screamed around, edging over, desperately holding on. Suddenly, halfway around the long circle, Monk's bike loomed beside him. A boot clouded his leg and his speedo hit a hundred. And he felt the bike slipping into gravel. Shit! He screamed, and that was his very last pronouncement upon the state of the world on this earth. Time was nothing, it seemed. He stood beside an open gate. It led to a highway so wide and smooth he couldn't believe it. Where the fuck am I, he thought. As he heard, then saw a group of about 25 bikers putting along the highway. Bikes about blew his mind, all Harleys, and some of them extended 20 feet at least, and they all gleamed like nothing he'd ever seen. Every rider had an out-of-sight whoopee leaning lazily back on the sissy bar. Some of them waved. Then he saw a bike beside the gatehouse. He stared at it. Was it his bike? It was, but it was resurrected in absolute perfection, including those beautiful mag wheels in gold. If he'd had every part handcrafted and 40 coats of the most far-out lacquer applied and polished for a year, this was it. He was eased over by the bike, touched the handlebars. It was his, no mistake. Was he on some crazy trip from some crazy party? Halt there, who are you? He heard a tall dude, a biker for sure, stepped out the door. He looked at Grease, and Grease, as usual, looked past him. He heard some groans and screech sounds. He glanced quickly around. He didn't know what to say. Come on in here. You can't just ride out there without my permission. I can ride anywhere I fucking ass want. Grease said. Well, maybe. And then again, maybe not. First, where are you from? Let me guess. Um, I'd say Earth by the scroungy looks of you. Where the fuck am I? Come in here. I wasn't expecting anyone today from Earth. I'm on assignment here at the entrance to Harley Heaven. I let bikers in to ride when they deserve it, and if they don't deserve it, well, 
he'll see. My name's Preacher. What's yours? He held out his hand for the biker's shake. Grease took it limply. Grease. He was ready to say Grease Strout, but Preacher cut him off. Let's check you out. You might get in here and ride, and then again you might not ride. That depends. We're all Harley freaks here. It appears you qualify on that point. He glanced at Grease's Harley. This section of heaven is called Harley Heaven because all the old and wrecked Harleys are resurrected here whole and perfect. He walked over to the long bank of computers with lights blinking. He pulled the handle labeled Earth. There were other handles with crazy names Grease had never heard of. In a moment, the clicking machine began to spit out a type sheet with names and a list of data. After a few seconds, Preacher cut off the machine. Grease Lopez, Earth Harley Freak. He looked at the data beside the name, then smile crossed his face. Grease decided he'd better keep his mouth shut about the wrong name. Looks like you got your shit together, all right. You aren't an angel by any means, but up here we don't judge people against the standards that apply to a dude's way of life. You've balled a lot of chicks, but uh, the chicks liked it, so that's alright. You beat up a few bikers and been beaten up a few times yourself. But mainly I see you never fucked your biker brothers, so we accept you here as a rider. Grease heard the agonized groans again. He scowled, glanced around. Never mind them. I told you we get all bikers in Harley heaven, even the fucked up ones. Those we tie up beside the road out there, we shave them, put them in press wool suit, and let them sit a few thousand years watching the Harleys go by. Eventually, we'll free them into some other heaven, like the bureaucrat's heaven or something like that. Then later, well, time will tell. As for you, Grease, you're free to ride. Grease nodded. He just wanted to get on the road before that crazy dude discovered his mistake. Another group of bikers blasted by. The sound was ear-splitting and beautiful. He glanced at the pipes on his bike straight through. He'd always thought on Earth that any fucking four-wheeler, including the pigs who didn't like the sound of straight pipes, ought to wear earplugs. Preacher smiled as Grease stared at his bike. Looks good, huh? Here we don't have to worry about noise. Anybody who don't like our fucking pipes can get the fuck out of here. The gates open both ways. I never could understand the fuckheads on your earth making bikers quieter than factories and trains. I hope Pete sends me that asshole on your earth who claims to be a biker, yet passes the fucking laws against bikers. I've got special plans for him. He'll be forced to ball chicks by the roadside until he begins to like it, then no more chicks for him. Instead, he'll watch others ball until it blows his mind. 
Then I'll blast an open pipe Harley full chat into his ears, or maybe in his ass if I feel like it, for a thousand years. Then we'll put him on a bike on the hottest days, in a full line suit of reflective orange and a helmet six inches thick, and he'll go on a long ride on roads fucked up with slippery painted stripes. Deep potholes, redneck four-wheel drivers, and deep rain grooves that'll wiggle like a fucking snake. Cops will be behind every billboard and they'll run them down with the sirens and hassle him and write him up and do other fucking things to him for punishment. Well, you get the idea. The fucker will wish he'd been a clerk in a supermarket. Grease nodded again. Preacher started to talk some more about some bike parts warehouses, but Grease had cranked over his Harley and it blasted out the words. He dialed it on and burned out of there. In a second, the Speedo read 90. Grease grinned. Whoever the fuck Grease Lopez is, he'll take my place and that'll be tied up beside the road watching Harleys go by. As he flew along the wide open road, he got to wondering where all the wolfies he saw came from. There never seemed to be enough for all the bikers on earth. Well, he'd find out. He rode for who knows how long, minutes or even years. Then he saw a group of bikers in a park area. He intuitively threw the bike into a long slide and it slid a fucking mile sideways, screeching, burning, and smoking. Then he putted up to the group, leaned the bike against a tree. There were maybe a hundred dudes and woofies. Real low mileage woofies. Well, maybe they had a lot of miles, but they never showed it in their resurrected perfection. He listened to various groups rapping. The bikes were all so far out that his brain was in a swirl, then he saw one bike that was so fucking far out that he stood there transfixed. He touched it. I gotta have this fucking bike. Two 80-inch pans in line and a front end he pasted off 27 feet long. A dude came over and introduced himself as Tombstone, owner of the bike. A group gathered and talked a while. Grease kept looking at the bike and then at the wolfies. Then he saw her, a slender chick, and she was being fondled by two hairy dudes. Hey, Grease, you'll get used to that here anytime, anywhere with whoever you want. That'll have you, that is. That's the chick. You'll have to try her. No fucking way. Hey, you know, we know how you fucked them back on Earth. We heard about your record. Then he remembered that he was now Grease Lopez. Yeah, yeah, he said, and he stared at the chick. She smiled back at him. She was a real good chick on Earth. She made sex films in Tijuana. One day, some patch the gargoyles, I think, was on a run down there to pick up some stuff. She took up with them. At the border, some fucking narc stopped them and were about to search the bikes. They split. She hung on and the fucking pigs opened fire and wasted her. The dudes got away. So you see why we all give her special good treatment here. Grease suddenly wanted both Tomb's bike and her. Yeah. He would have them both. He thought he better do some talking to keep the dudes from getting suspicious of him. 
Especially he noticed Tombstone staring at him with a squinted eye and a scowl. Where'd all these spaced out fucking woofies come from? I ain't never seen so many. They couldn't all be biker chicks. There weren't that many. You seem to dig them in a big way, so fuck off. That was Tombstone. He eyed Grease, and Grease shifted his gaze. Maybe Tombs sensed that Grease had to have his bike. Another biker with a red beard interrupted. Ah, Tomb, he has a right to know where these chicks come from. Grease, I'll tell you. Some time ago, we had a scarcity of real biker chicks. You know what a biker chick is. One that'll give good head to bikers anytime, anyplace, and love it. So we got Preacher to proposition old Pete into sending us all them super righteous chicks who make double X-rated films. Not those fake sex films where they just act, with the dude pumping away with a limp crank. But the real hardcore ones where the chick gets a dude's whammy hard with her mouth and then takes it front, back, and upside down. So, old Pete agreed. And ever since, nobody's got no complaints, and the chicks really dig biking between times. Grease nodded in acknowledgement. He went over to the fountain for a long drink of beer. He kept his eyes on Tomb's bike. What the fuck did it have? Whatever it was, it was something he had to have. He sat down against a tree, some chicks came around, but he waved them away. He was thinking how he could rip off Tomb's 27-foot-long front-end bike with the twin 80-inch pans in line and split with the chick. He planned that at the next party he found, he'd fake it out. Then when everybody was occupied with fucking or being stoned or whatever, he'd get on that monster, take Chico and split for the uninhabited deep interior. He smiled to himself at his plan, a million acres to get lost in with the bike and a tender wolfie. He could wander back again if he got tired of it and claim he freaked out, rode off, got lost, and it took 900 years to find his way back. He shut his eyes and he felt like he was riding 700 miles an hour on that bike with the chick clinging to him. He awoke and sure enough, she was there stroking him and loving him. She wanted to ball as usual. So they played games like he didn't know even existed until now. Then she told him a big party was being planned up the highway. Grease suddenly remembered his plan. Let's ride, Grease ordered. On the road, time spun around him and threw him. He couldn't figure it out. It seemed like he rode a half a lifetime, yet suddenly he was where he wanted to be. Sometimes he felt like he was standing still and the ground was spinning and twisting under him, giving him the illusion he was going someplace while he was going no place. There was the mile-long slide again and the stop in the meadow among trees and what looked like a million bikes. Grease gazed out over the scene. Ain't that something? It wasn't often he felt emotional about anything except stealing a part for his bike. Chico, he said seriously, be ready to split when I say we're going on a long fucking trip for a while and keep your fucking mouth shut, you dig me? Wide-eyed, the nymph nodded. He knew she meant it. Everywhere the partiers were rapping, smoking, drinking, and bawling. But Grease's mind was on the bike. First, he had to find it without being obvious about it. A while later, suddenly, there it was. Like it appeared there in front of him, just for him. Chico! He 
he called automatically and the chick was there. He cranked the bike over and swung onto the 160 inches with the chick behind him. He felt like absolutely nothing could go wrong. The bike was his. Anything he wanted was his. They blasted off. The 27-foot front end lifted up 10 feet and he dialed it on all the way and everything became a long streak of light. He looked at the Speedo, 950 miles an hour. A trillion miles later, it seemed, he automatically threw the bike over into the long slide and came to a stop. They were in a vast, empty, misty land of warm air and trees and a meadow. He wanted a drink and the fountains were there and they drank long droughts of beer. Let's play ball, chick. And the chick was ready. She dropped her dress and he got naked. What was to happen next never happened. There was an instantaneous earth-shattering blast of 300 dBs of sheer noise in a swirl of smoke and burning rubber. Two Harleys were in front of them and sudden silence returned. There was St. Peter's gatekeeper himself and a stranger. Grease felt like an asshole standing there nude before the preacher's level gaze. What in the motherfucking shit you hassling me for, preacher? You a fucking CIA agent or something? Grease, let me introduce you to the real Grease Lopez. As to how we found you so easily, that's simple. We attached a bug to Tilly's bike. We figured you'd be wanting to rip it off. Funny thing, too. Two would have given it to you. He plans to put together a rat bike like you've never seen a rat bike. Grease was still pantsless. Chico was clinging to him. He shoved her away. Preacher continued. Seems Grease Lopez and his bros were partying in your California and he got high and fell off a bank and drowned in the river. But the computer had cranked out his name by mistake when you, Grease Stroop, came to the gate. When the real Grease Lopez came up, we accused him of fucking his own brothers and getting wasted while ripping off a pair of Harley bag wheels right out of the righteous fucker's club barn. We fucking near tied the poor dude up beside the road until Tombstone happened to mention you split with his bike. As Preacher talked, Grease saw Chico sliding up to Grease Lopez who took her and fondled her naked body there sitting on his bike. So, Mr. Stoop, get your clothes on. I guess you know what's for you. I've talked to Pete, and you're going to the Corporation of Executives Golf Course at hole number nine to be staked out there for 10,000 years in a business suit and tie. You'll be showered, shaven, given a crew cut, and sprayed with the most fragrant underarm deodorant four times a day. A continuous stream of golfers will go by you laughing and chatting with their well-coffered, manicured office girls. They'll be sipping their sherry Manhattans and their dry, dry martinis, forever swinging their golf clubs and yelling, and then climbing into their golf carts and heading for the next hole. 
Grease was rigid. The picture was too horrible to contemplate. Somehow he had to bust their fucking heads and split further into the boonies. He snarled, jumped at them, his crank flopping side to side, but he went limp from a single blow from Preacher. Grease. One consolation you'll have out on your rolling meadow at whole nine. There'll be a lot of stock Harley golf carts going by. <laughs> Join us, perhaps you may want to listen to a Bump Shop story. New and vintage merch available at BumpShopBackRoom.com. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Bump Shop Diaries. And if you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend to tell a friend. Put it in a story post. Put it in a regular post. Sign up for Reddit. Uh, do one of them Yahoo answers about it. Uh, just trying to let people know that this podcast exists. The story today was from 1976, and it was called Harley Heaven. And it there was no author credited. But the sentiment, the, the dust at the bottom of the river didn't change. It's basically... And I think we all know, or at least have known, this guy at one point in our lives. For me, it was in high school. Um, what do they say in that one movie? No pills, no powders. If it comes from the earth, it's probably okay. Well, this dude was doing the shit that wasn't okay. So, I had to break ties. You know, I, I don't. I never really enjoyed like hanging out with loser dopeheads. I'd always be like, alright, dude, like... I ain't fucking hanging out when this dude's around. You know what I mean? Like, there's no point. Nothing nothing good can come of it. I had enough sense to know nothing good will ever come from hanging out with this guy. And he would go on to steal rims off our friend's cars. We used to skateboard together before, before he went down that deep, dark alley. Uh, fucking Sackler Brothers or whatever it is. Um, but he would steal systems out of cars. Just an all-around pretty shitty dude. And I, I would assume if we were, like, riding motorcycles at that time, he would have been stealing parts and pieces of the whole fucking thing. He ended up dying in a fiery car crash. Um... Because he was all fucked up. That was maybe like a year or two after we graduated. So it's been a while now. And, uh... But yeah, we all know that guy. And that's kind of what this story was about. And so that's crazy. Because I didn't even think about that until I started doing this outro piece. Like, is he tied up on a golf course somewhere? I don't know, man. I can't imagine... It's any good, but whatever. Um, I thought it was a real good story, and uh, it was a longer one. Yeah, I had a little bit more free time, so we're trying to get back into that. I'm trying to get some some help from some friends, which is sometimes hard. Um, but speaking of friends, Rob the Crazy Gentleman, me and him just did a podcast a week ago. And it was pretty good. It, a lot of times, like me and him have great conversations on the phone, whatever. And then a lot of times, the podcasts we've done have always been kind of weird, like the first 20, 30 minutes, and then we get rolling. I feel like it was real good. It was rolling. It rolled on for like six fucking hours. And uh, I, I'm not going to lie, I was drinking, I was just sipping tequila. Like, not even, not even trying to, like, get drunk or anything but 
Uh, you know, I got a little buzz going. <laughs> and I'd been up like, went to work that morning. It was just a long day. And for sure on the video, I don't know if he's going to cut it or not, but like I was aware and I was listening and responding, but I think my head was just like folded into my chest and my eyes were closed for like 15 minutes that might have happened. And then I snapped out of it. And then it was, snap, there goes reality. Oop, there's B-Rabbity or whatever Eminem says. Um, but yeah, no, we talked about a bunch of shit and then got on a crazy rant. Like, we were like, all right, it's over. And then I think, uh, I don't know, we started talking about hunting or something. And then it was just on for like another two hours. And I'm like, dude, and my fire went out. I was just sitting in the garage doing it. I was all nice, toasty, warm. And like the last two hours, I was just like buzzed up from the tequila and the fire went out and it was like i thought we were gonna be done so i'm not trying to put more wood in it and uh yeah it just ended up being real cold at the end dude i got inside i was like oh fuck my legs are like cold numb i didn't even realize but uh yeah we did a great episode uh you can always catch uh a couple shirts of the crazy gentlemen's on bumpshopbackroom.com Working on doing a hoodie, I don't know, it's just, I don't know, I was playing with the shirt design on the hoodie and just, I don't know, I gotta, gotta make some adjustments to it, um, should have a Creeps Cycles hoodie up, and then we got the, uh, the Whitetail Outlaw hoodie up, that's the buck riding the chopper with the hunter strapped to the sissy bar, um, for anyone doing, uh the bdr on a sportster and you're trying to make that more like a dirt bike i got some vintage 1970s castler new old stock in the package unbreakable competition fenders front and rear on the site for you um if you got any questions about them just hit me up on bump shop diaries Throw me a little DM, slide in there, let's talk about these bad lads. Um, got a bunch of cool accessories up, Japanese lighter and cigarette case. Um, I always remember everything I recently put up until I start trying to tell you what it is. So you just need to go to Bump Shop Back Room and look for yourself. Just sold a tree bark vest to the homie. Dude. Ben Garrett coming through. Posted a little picture of it. He was cutting some firewood wood in it and uh, put it on, was wearing it, cut his firewood, got back in the house, put his hands in the pockets, and was like, oh, shit, this full little goodies. Or maybe he didn't even put his hands in his pocket. Maybe he went back in. Oh, he later, I had a little note sitting on top that must have worked its way to the bottom or whatever that was like, hey, check the pockets, fool. And he didn't see the note till maybe after he had put his hands in the pockets and found all the cool shit. But that's the thing. You order something vintage from the website, bumpshopbackroom.com. Any of the vintage stuff. Um, always, I always throw in little extra, little, nothing like crazy, but just like I some shit that I think's cool. You know what I mean? Uh, so you might find it cool too. The new shirts, you know, that's all POD coming from a different place. Um, and I appreciate every order of those, but like if you grab a new shirt and a vintage shirt, chances are the vintage one's going to hit you a little bit sooner and keep you, you know, keep you marinating until that, that new boy gets there. Um, and then let's talk about the coffee again real quick in case you didn't listen to the last episode. If you did, just turn it off, I guess. But, uh... 
Black Coffee Congregation Hardtail Blend Coffee. We got it in whole bean. We got it in ground. It's roasted fresh when you order it. That's right. And if you want to save money on it, you can go buy a coffee mug from the Low Life Chopper Podcast. Just hit them up on Instagram, Low Life Chopper Podcast. Go to Linktree. Hit up their merch store. You grab a coffee cup. You'll get a code. Then you can go to Bump Shop Back Room. Use the code. Save the money. And have some killer fucking coffee to brew up and put in your coffee mug. It's the it's the perfect match. It's the match made in Harley Heaven. Look how I came full circle. Tied that all up, dude. Beautiful. Put a fucking bow on it. Um... Still looking for a front end. Still looking for a Gertie or Springer. I, I could be convinced into a narrow, uh, regular telescoping, telescopic, telephonetic, telephoto, uh, regular style front end, whatever. I could maybe be conv- convinced into that. Um, but, you know, just kind of being picky, really. Obviously, there's stuff out there. Um, just trying to make this bike look nice. Um, I actually read a cool article, uh, what was that about? Oh, uh, dudes who have show bikes and trailer them to shows and how it's not as cool as spending a ton of money, beautiful chrome, and then riding the piss out of it, especially down shitty dirt roads and just chipping the paint and then showing up to the show and being like, yeah, this thing's a fucking mess and I wasted a ton of money on it, but I rode it here. Is uh the article is written better than I just explained it, but yeah. Um sorry, my uh <laughs> my computer screen went black and I'm like, oh shit, is it not recording anymore? Um But yeah, I mean that's pretty much all I got. Check out the Instagram, Bump Shop Diaries, check out the Crazy Gentleman Podcast, check out the Low Life Chopper Podcast, grab their coffee mug, get the coupon, and absolutely check out bumpshopbackroom.com. New vintage stuff all the time, ships free with little goodies in the pockets if it's got it, if not, just in a little bag next to whatever you bought, I don't know. Um... And then, uh, you know, we got the new shirts and we got the coffee there. So uh, we appreciate the support. That's how this whole thing stays alive. Um, So, yeah, tell a friend to tell a friend and uh, enjoy. Bumpshopbackroom.com. Bumpshopbackroom.com.